the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Of good cheer, I've overcome the world. And here with Jeremiah, he tells him, hey, they're going to fight against you, but they're not going to prevail. And I'm with you and I'll deliver you ultimately. That's the promise he did make to him. Not that it would be easy, that God would be with him through it. You know, in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12, Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing has happened to you. God called Jeremiah to do an extremely difficult task, yet he gave him the strength and the words to speak to the nation of Israel. God always gives you the ability to obey what he commands and calls you to do. It has been said that God's commandments are also His commandments. Today, Pastor Dan will be encouraging you to step out in faith and obey what God has called you to do, even if it seems impossible. What has God called you to obey? With man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 19, for today's edition of Ring of Truth. receives what Jeremiah has to say. Not one person repented under Jeremiah's ministry. Nobody. It's hard. And now he's kind of blaming God. You you tricked me into this. I didn't think it'd be like this. Now how often do we hear Christians say things like Jeremiah here? How often do we hear Christians say things like, I'm a Christian. I don't understand. I try to be faithful to God. I come to church. I read my Bible. I serve in children's ministry. I tithe. I do, I'm doing all these things. I'm trying to live a righteous life. I'm trying to do the right thing. I'm trying to honor God in everything I do. So why do I have all these troubles? You tricked me. Because I thought when I became a Christian, all my troubles would go away. And when I became a Christian, my troubles became worse and harder. And this isn't what I signed up for. And I feel like you switched the price tags on me at the register. But you know, God God never promised Jeremiah that it would be easy. In fact, God told Jeremiah that that it would be difficult and that people would resist his words. Turn back to chapter 1 of Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 6 This is when Jeremiah says, Ah, Lord God, behold, I can't speak. I'm a youth. I'm just a kid. I'm not a good speaker. I can't be your prophet. 
Verse 7, but the Lord said to me, do not say I am a youth, for you shall go to all to whom I send you, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. And then he says, do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Why does he say don't be afraid of their faces? Because they're not going to be smiling when they hear Jeremiah's message. So he says, don't be afraid of the the reaction that they have to what you're saying. (laughs) Down in verse uh, verse 19. They will fight against you. But they shall not prevail against you, for I am with you, says the Lord, to deliver you. God tells them straight up, they're going to fight against you, Jeremiah. They're not going to receive what you have to say. They're going to fight against you. So God never promised Jeremiah that it would be easy. In fact, he he told Jeremiah that they're going to fight against you. They're not going to receive what you have to say. And the same is true for us as followers of Jesus. Jesus never said it was going to be easy to be a follower, a disciple. In fact, he said, in this world, you're going to have trouble. It's a promise. And then he said, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. And here with Jeremiah, he tells him, they're going to fight against you, but they're not going to prevail And I'm with you, and I'll deliver you, ultimately. That's the promise he did make to him. Not that it would be easy, that God would be with him through it. You know, in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12, Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing has happened to you. It says there, don't think it strange if you go through a fiery trial as if some strange thing has happened to you. But that's exactly what we do, isn't it? When a trial comes. Why is this happening? This is strange that this would happen. Well, Peter said, well, don't think it's strange or unusual that you're going through a fiery trial. Because that's exactly what happens. Again, God didn't promise us that we would have a trouble-free life. He promised us that we would have trouble in this life But then he promised us, just as he does to Jeremiah, that I am with you. I'll deliver you. God promises to be with us. He promises to walk with us through the trials. He promises to strengthen us and guide us through as our our good shepherd. To take us through the valley of the shadow of death. Not around the valley of the shadow of death. But through the valley of the shadow of death. And he's faithful to do that. So he goes on now. He says in verse 8, chapter 20, verse 8, For when I spoke, I cried out, I shouted violence and plunder because of the word, because the word of the Lord was made to me a reproach and a derision daily. In verse 8, he he says the the word, and you know, I'm, I'm proclaiming the word just as you told me to do, but it has brought nothing but reproach and insult, and threats, and ridicule, and humiliation. So what did Jeremiah decide to do? Verse 9, then I said, I will not make mention of God, nor speak any more of his name. So Jeremiah came to the point where he said, I quit. I'm done. I'm not doing this. I'm not going to be a prophet anymore. I'm not going to mention God again. I'm not going to mention his word again. I'm not going to proclaim his word anymore. I'm done. But look at the rest of verse 9. But his word was in my heart like a burning fire, shut up in my bones. 
I was weary of holding it back, and I could not. I love that. Jeremiah comes to the place where he says, you know what, this is just too hard. I don't want to do this anymore. This isn't what I thought it was going to be. I quit. I'm not going to be a prophet anymore. I'm not going to mention his name anymore. I'm not going to proclaim his word anymore. And after a period of time, his word was like a burning fire in Jeremiah's heart, and he couldn't hold it in anymore. I love that. It reminds me of the two disciples on the road to Emmaus after the resurrection, and Jesus spoke with them. And after Jesus departed from them, they said to each other, didn't our hearts burn within us when he was speaking? Just the word of God, it was like a fire in our hearts. And for Jeremiah here, he's, com- he's compelled, he's compelled to preach the word of God. He could not preach it. He couldn't keep it in. He couldn't hold it in. He had to preach it. He was miserable holding it in. It's similar to what the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians where he says, I am compelled to preach. Woe is me if I preach not the gospel. Woe is me if I preach not the gospel. I'm miserable if I don't preach the gospel. Jeremiah was, was compelled in much the same way as the Apostle Paul. God's word was like a burning fire in his heart. And when he tried to hold it in, when he tried to hold it back, he, he was miserable and he couldn't do it. And he had to preach it. He had to say it. You know, I, I would say for us, uh, you know, if, if God's word is not a burning fire in your heart, pray and ask God to make it a burning fire in your heart. Ask God to compel you. Ask God to bring you to the place where you would say, like Paul, woe is me if I don't preach the gospel. If I don't tell somebody about Jesus, if I don't share the word of God with someone. You know, I, I, I don't preach the word of God because I'm a pastor. If I wasn't a pastor, I would still be declaring the word of God in some way. I'd be leading a home group or teaching Sunday school or starting a Bible study in my neighborhood or something. I don't do it just because it's my profession and I have to do it. I'm compelled. I would be, I'm compelled to talk to people about the Word of God and talk to people about Jesus Christ. It's not, it's not just a, a profession for me. So, so that, you know, pray that God would, would make His Word of fire in your bones, just like Jeremiah, that you wouldn't be able to contain it and you wouldn't be able to hold it in, but you'd have to tell people, you'd have to share with others. We go on in verse 10, he says, For I I heard many mocking, speaking of the way that people responded to him, I heard many mocking, fear on every side. Remember, that's the name that that he gave to Pasher, that he received from the Lord. They're mocking him. Now they're calling Jeremiah that name, fear on every side. Report, they say, and we will report it. All my acquaintances, Jeremiah says, all my friends watched for my stumbling saying perhaps he can be induced, then he will prevail against him and we will take our revenge on him. His own friends were watching for him to fall. Some friends those are. Right? Jesus is the only friend that will stick closer than a brother. He's the only one who will never leave you and never forsake you. Jeremiah's friends are, are hoping he falls and that they get to see it. 
Now he shifts. Remember I mentioned he's got these, this range of emotions that take place where he's got these deep valleys and he's got these mountaintops. Now verse 11, but the Lord Yahweh is with me as a mighty awesome one. Therefore, my persecutors will stumble and will not prevail. They will be greatly ashamed for they will not prosper. Their everlasting confusion will never be forgotten But, O Lord of hosts, you who test the righteous and see the mind and heart, let me see your vengeance on them, for I have pleaded my cause before you. Sing to the Lord. Now he's praising the Lord. Praise the Lord, for he has delivered the life of the poor from the hand of evildoers. Pastor Dan will share the second half of today's message in just a moment. But first, he'd like to take a moment to tell you how you can receive prayer for your needs. Do you need prayer today? Every week we receive prayer requests from our listeners. If you need prayer for anything at all, we would like to pray for you right now. You can share your prayer request with us through our website, calvaryec.com. Again, that's calvaryec.com or through our church app, or by calling us at 410-491-4592. And can I ask you to pray for us as well? Pray for the Ring of Truth Radio Ministry as we bring the Word of God to those who need it. Thanks, Pastor Dan, and thank you for praying. Now, let's finish today's message. Now, remember Jeremiah spent the night beaten and in stocks at the city gate, humiliated, mocked. But now he's worshiping, he's singing to the Lord, he's praising the Lord. Just like Paul and Silas in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 16, when they're arrested in Philippi, they're beaten, they're thrown into prison, and we read in the middle of the night, they're singing worship songs. They're praising God as they're in prison. Jeremiah, he, he, he has his heart now, and in these verses at least, he's got his heart fixed on, on God. He's got his heart fixed on the Lord, and he's singing, and he's praising God. But look at verse 14. Cursed be the day in which I was born. (laughs) He goes right back. I wish I was never born, he says. Let the day not be blessed in which my mother bore me. Let the man be cursed who brought news to my father, saying, A male child has been born to you, making them him very glad. Verse 15, Let the man who told my, my father, It's a boy, let him be cursed. Now the one who brought good news to my father, let him be cursed. Beautiful are the feet that bring glad tidings, right? He says, Man, I, would, I wish God would curse that guy. And let that man be like the cities which the Lord overthrew and did not relent. Let him hear the cry in the morning and the shouting at night because he did not kill me from the womb that my mother might have been my grave and her womb always enlarged with me. You know what he's saying in verse 17? I wish I would have died in the womb. Never been born. Why did I come forth from the womb to see labor and sorrow that my days should be consumed with shame? What's going on with Jeremiah here? I mean, in one, one verse, you know, the word of God is like a fire in his bones and he can't keep it in. He's got to preach it. He's singing praises to the Lord and worshiping the Lord. And now he's cursing the day he was born. Verse 
wishing he never lived at all. What's the deal? He's human. He's human, just like us. And we do the very same thing. How often do we praise the Lord one moment and the next moment we feel discouraged? We feel desperate. And again, the littlest thing can happen. Here we're full of faith one moment, praising, singing, and then the car won't start. Oh no, this is horrible. Why would God do this? I hate this car. Why do I have to have this car? Why can't I make more money? Why can't I have a better job? And it just goes on and on and on. Why was I born? Right? The good news, good news is that God is long-suffering with us. That's the good news. And that God will use us in spite of our inconsistency with Him. That's the good news, that God doesn't say, you know what, I, I can't handle this. This drama, this back and forth where you're all in one minute and you hate me the next minute, I can't do this. But God doesn't do that with us. He's long-suffering. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't put us out. He doesn't put us on the shelf. He doesn't put us on the sidelines and say, I, I can't use somebody as inconsistent as you. I just can't deal with the roller coaster ride with you. He doesn't do that. He uses us despite our inconsistencies with Him. Even though we praise Him one moment, and we're doubting whether we can trust Him the next moment, He still uses us. Isn't that great? Aren't you glad? Now, we don't know, we don't know how long Jeremiah was like this. We don't, we don't know if he was just, you know, if he spoke like this just for uh, a, a day, or if this lasted for a couple weeks or a couple months, we don't know how long he was, you know, pessimistic like this. But what we do know is that Jeremiah is going to go through some more difficult times and hardship. But we're not going to see him react the way that he reacts here ever again. This is the last time you see Jeremiah get all down like this. And he's going to go through some pretty difficult stuff. In chapter 37, he's going to be thrown into prison. Chapter 38, they're going to lower him into a cistern to die there. Chapter 43, he's going to be forced to go to Egypt against his will. But you don't see, in each of those examples, you don't see Jeremiah respond to those trials as he did to this one in chapter 20. You know what that tells us? Jeremiah grows in his faith. Jeremiah grows. He grows in his faith. Jeremiah's faith was strengthened over time through these different trials that he had to go through. You know, in James chapter 1, you don't have to turn there, but it's verses you probably have heard or you probably know. James chapter 1, verse 2, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect. The word there, mature. That you may grow up, and be complete, lacking nothing. There's a, there's, a, 
there's a usefulness to these trials. He says, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience or endurance, perseverance. And then he says, and let that patience have its perfect work. There's a process here through that trial. This process, it makes us perfect. It makes us mature and complete, lacking nothing. God uses those trials. He uses the hardship to mature us, to grow us up spiritually. Just like in the, you know, in the human level, the physical level, uh, trials quite often grow us up physically or emotionally as well. They grow us up spiritually. They mature us spiritually. Jeremiah, he learned to persevere. He learned to endure. He matured in the faith through various trials that God allowed to come into his life. You think back to when God called Jeremiah, back in chapter 1, God said to Jeremiah, I will make you a fortified city, I will make you into an iron pillar, and I will make you into a bronze wall against the whole land. He says that to Jeremiah, not long after Jeremiah said, "I, I can't even speak, I'm just a kid, I can't be your prophet. And God says to him, no, I, I'm, gonna, I'm calling you and I'm going to make you into a fortified city. I'm going to make you into an iron pillar and I'm going to make you into a bronze wall so that you can stand against the whole land. Well, that sounds great. I, I'd, I'd like to be an a, a iron pillar and a bronze wall and a fortified city. How are you going to do that, God? Through trials. Through trials difficulties and hardships that you're going to experience. And through those trials, through those difficulties, Jeremiah became an iron pillar. The, the one who said, ah, I can't even talk, I'm just a kid. Pick someone else. He became a bronze wall that could stand against the whole land. How? Through the trials. The trials enabled him to stand against the whole land. Those trials made him strong. That's why James tells us, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Not because we like trials. Nobody likes trials. You wish you could avoid them. But we can count it joy because we know that God is going to use that trial in my life that's unavoidable And he's going to use that trial to bring me into maturity. To grow me up in the faith in a way that I need to grow up. That I I can't get there on my own without the trial. I need it. To make me mature. And he'll use that trial to strengthen us and to purify us in the faith. So that like Job, because remember Job went through some major trials and Job said some very similar things to Jeremiah here. All this, I wish I was never born. I wish I would have died in my mother's womb and never lived at all. Job said some similar things. But Job came to the place where Job could say, when God tests me, I will come out as pure gold. That when I come out of this, I'm going to be golden coming out of this. He asked me how I know, and 
When you look at the book of Jeremiah at a glance, it seems like the overarching theme is judgment and negative consequence. But as you take a closer look, you're given a microscopic lens into the heart of God. Yes, there was judgment and eventual exile. But think about how long-suffering and patient God was in giving them multiple chances to repent from their ways and separate from their sin. What an amazing and hopeful picture of God's heart toward you. He is just and fair in handing out consequences to those who willfully go against what he's offering. But like a patient parent, he gives grace and mercy when you vacillate between following him and venturing elsewhere. Ultimately, God wants you to choose him wholeheartedly, and he wants to bless you. Take the book of Jeremiah as a continual reminder that God is gracious and merciful but he'll bring judgment on those who refuse his ways. If you want to talk to someone and better understand what all of this means, don't hesitate to call us at 410-491-4592. That's 410-491-4592. We're so glad you joined us today on Ring of Truth. Feel free to study this book on your own in the meantime. In our next edition, Pastor Dan will share more from the book of Jeremiah and provide a deeper understanding of how to apply it to your life here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and what I know because I know his voice and it only takes Rings true.